This is episode 50, how to deal with people that are not respecting you with Mia. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for listening. I know you have a lot of choices of what to listen to and always appreciate having you here. So I'm recording this week from Austin, Texas, where I am quite frequently because that's where my family lives. And I'm sitting in my parents' new home. And it's really actually quite cool to be sitting here. And I'll tell you why, because it's a great story about proactive surrender. So about, oh gosh, I don't know, eight months ago, my mom and I were taking a walk in the neighborhood and my parents were currently renting a house in the neighborhood where my sister and her husband and my nephews live. And my parents really wanted to stay in this neighborhood, but they were having such a hard time finding a house. There were a couple offers that went through and they were sad because they'd gotten used to being so close to their grandkids. And it was great for me when I come to visit that my parents and my sister all lived on the same street and we all saw each other a lot more and got a lot closer because of it. So as my mom and I were taking a walk one day, I said, all right, well, let's see, how can we really practice proactive surrender here? How can you do everything you can in your power to be able to stay in this neighborhood, but also really kind of leave it up to God and whatever is for the highest good? And so I gave her the suggestion of writing a letter to the people in this neighborhood. It's kind of a a smaller community where they live saying, you know, you're looking for a home. If there's anyone that's considering selling theirs that may not want to go through a realtor, we'd love to talk to you. And so my mom, who you may have gotten to know a little bit on Coach's Corner, if you listened to the one that aired last week, being the incredible, intentional, and wise woman that she is, took the advice, went home immediately, typed up a letter explaining, you know, the situation, got in her car and drove and put one of these letters in pretty much every mailbox in this little community. And maybe there's like, I don't know, 50 houses or something like that. Two weeks later, she gets an email from a gentleman who said, I've actually been thinking about selling my home. Your letter was the sign I needed. Let's talk. Cut to, that's the house I'm in right now. And my parents are so happy here. They love the house. It really was everything that they wanted. And they get to stay close to my sister and my nephews. And this is such a great example of proactive surrender. We do everything that we can in our power and then we leave the rest to the universe, but we have to show up. We have to take those steps. So I encourage you, if there's something that you really desire, are you taking the steps? Are you being proactive or are you a little too surrendered? So surrendered, in fact, you may be slipping into resignation Or on the flip side, are you trying to make things happen and make things happen and make things happen so much that you aren't open to the signs? You're not letting the universe work its magic because you're controlling so much. So just consider that. Where in your life can you practice proactive surrender a little more? All right. So shifting gears, today's show covers some ground that we haven't yet talked about on this podcast, and that is the topic of sexual harassment. 
One thing I've learned from all my teachers, as well as from my own inner guidance, is the importance of not allowing judgment to blind us from seeing the learnings in a situation. And with a situation like sexual harassment, a lot of judgment can be triggered. But from a spiritual perspective, there is no good, bad, right, wrong. That said, in our human world, there are definitely things that seem bad or wrong, sexual harassment being one of them. Not being respected is not something just to accept in the name of love or spirituality. However, going into blame and wrongmaking doesn't necessarily solve anything either. So I really want you to notice your reaction to what our caller Mia shares today. Does it make you angry? Do you immediately make him wrong? Does it trigger anything from your past? I hope you use this coaching session as a way to reframe times you felt disrespected And if you are a woman, perhaps reframe the way you see men. Also be sure to listen to my wrap up as that's where I dive more into why I coached Mia the way I did and also share a really powerful update that I got from Mia just today. So some other things to consider as you're listening, is there, has there been someone you felt disrespected or harassed by? Do you ever hold back from standing up for yourself because you don't want to make waves? Are you in an unhealthy situation, but staying in it for the perceived safety of money or any kind of security, or just because of fear of uncertainty? Are there unresolved issues from your past that are haunting your present? So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my conversation with Mia. Hello, Mia. Welcome to the show. What's your question? Thank you. So I have been, um, I took a job about four months ago. And I'm, I'm not finding a passion. And I also find that my boss has been making comments that are not, not even borderline, but they are sexual harassments. Mm. And I'm not sure exactly what to do. Okay. Have, first of all, I'm, I'm sorry that that's happening. That is not a fun position to be in. Have you been documenting all of this? Yes, I have. But I feel... Since I I took this job about five months ago, I don't want to make a wave. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's you know he asked if I can give him a massage. Mm-hmm. He put me on a project where I have to travel along with him, mm-hmm. so it's getting very stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, before I took this job, I I transitioned from having a business. Okay. Um, so I don't want it to be that I skip around. Right, well, right. Okay, so let's go back a, a minute. So you, before you took this job five months ago, you were working for yourself. What were you doing then? I was in a financial planning business. Okay. And I had a partner um, who was my ex-boyfriend. Okay. And why did you decide to stop doing that and go to work for someone else? So I dis- I found out after being together with him for five years that he was actually never faithful. And I found out that he had double to triple life. I, mm. I don't know the extent of it, but I received an email from his best friend basically letting me know what was going on. Okay. So at that point, I couldn't, it was too painful for me to stay in that job or work with him. Right. So he ended up um, taking over. Got it. 
Well, Mia, you have definitely been through some pretty challenging things when it comes to men. Has that been a theme your whole life? I I don't I hope not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope not. But I start to wonder and I I'm afraid to make next step because I'm start to wonder what is wrong with me. Why why is this becoming an issue? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other than your ex-boyfriend who is unfaithful and this boss that you have that um is sexually harassing you or at the very least making you feel uncomfortable and saying inappropriate things. Have there been any other men in your life, fathers, brothers, friends, boyfriends, exes, that you have felt dishonored, disrespected, betrayed by? Yes. Yes. And I I think it it came from maybe I didn't draw enough boundary because I'm here in America by myself and they find that out. And so they approach kind of as friendly and a progress. And for this uh, boss that I have, he's French. And initially, when he made comments, I thought, oh, maybe it's a cultural difference. He just moved from France. Um, so I didn't really say much other than not pretending I didn't hear it until it got to a point where um, he was trying to contact me outside of work and, you know, asking um, even to why I'm dressing uh, with baggy clothes because I didn't, I felt uh, really uncomfortable. So I stopped wearing dresses and I tried to wear glasses and do all that stuff to make sure I don't draw any unwanted attention. So I do wonder if somehow I attract that energy. Well, Yes, but it's not through wearing dresses. Right. And I, I want to and I, and I context this by really saying, you know, this isn't your fault and you're not doing anything wrong. My sense is there are some old belief systems about yourself and about men and about what men want and how men are that aren't true, aren't 100% true, but are operating as truth in your belief system. And so you're continuing to attract things where you feel a bit victimized, a bit taken advantage of, and we continue to attract situations that trigger us until we heal the issue or heal the core belief. So if you're kind of go back further in your life, how old were you when you moved here? I was uh, 12 years old. Okay. You were 12 years old. Okay. So you've been here a while. And just thinking about your dad and growing up and your parents' relationship and maybe even what your mother said about men... What were some of your belief systems about being a woman and about men and about the relationship between men and women? So I have been on my own since 12. I haven't lived with my family. Okay, you've been on your own. So how did you get over here at 12 years old? I went to a boarding school. Okay. More like shipped to a boarding school. Okay. So I didn't really have that cultural understanding. And I mean, I my father was very distant you know, he provided for the family, but in terms of affection and stuff like that, that's that's you know typical more Asian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't show emotions. Mm-hmm. In terms of my mother, you know, she she was housewife and followed his lead. Okay, okay. And I'm the first one that's working for a corporation. The first woman in your family who's working for yes. a corporation. Okay. So most women in your family um, were subservient 
Yes. To the man. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. But how do you feel about being the first woman to be on your own and work for a corporation and be independent and empowered? I think it's, it's confusing still because I think I have a Wall Street job and I'm definitely proud that I'm you know, a few women on the business. However, you know, we, we can't say exactly the same thing um, as sometimes a man said. If we say the same thing, it might come out as a, as a, as mean or too confident. Where if a man states it, then it sounds confident. So I don't. I think there is definitely a difference um, in terms of language and manners. And and how do you think you have to be as a woman? I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, I never looked at it that way. I I thought I was being good employee. Uh, I thought I was doing well in business. Well, but notice how you just said that there's different conditions, right? That as a woman, you can't say certain things that a man says. So even that comment reveals that there's a certain belief or expectation you've taken on that it's that, that you have to be a little bit different and you have to be a little careful. So in terms of like sexual harassment, I hate that word to begin with because if you say it, I feel like people roll around the eyes and, and just, you know, it's you're making up something that's not even a big deal. Mm-hmm. And you never really know how that feels until you're you're in the place. Right. Um, experiencing it. And just because I report it to upper management doesn't, you know, he may get warning and I may have to continue to work under him. Mm-hmm. So that's the realistically, I mean, there's this, there's right and wrong, but then there's a realistically what company may do. Right. And then there's sort of the, the lessons that you're soul is learning through this whole process. Right. So, and that's because I I report him forever. If I'm keeps attracting that kind of energy, exactly. then, then, you know, it's not, um, and I don't want to do that. And I guess that's why I was yeah. <laughs> boring you because I felt like last five years been just, I don't know if I had made good choices. Okay. Well, you've made, you've done the best you could. So they've been the choices that you've been able to make given what you know so far. So let me ask you this, because I I have a sense, but I want to check in with you. Why do you think you keep getting into situations, be it work or relationship, where you're with men who are disrespectful, disloyal, not honoring? I am not sure. For the relationship, maybe because I, somewhere down deep inside, I just don't want to be alone. And maybe Maybe that, but for work, I'm, I'm really not sure. Okay. If I asked you just kind of in general, what do you think of men? Like what are men like? What do you believe about men? What do you think of men? Um, at this time, I don't really like them or trust them. Because? Because, that, I mean, five years I was with someone and then I learned that he was having a double life. Right, right. So what ha- what tends to happen is when we get hurt, we tend to form generalizations, right? And there was one man who did not treat you well. And so what happens is we tend to generalize that 
all men may be like that. And a lot of fear goes up around not being able to trust men, not feeling safe with men. So if you believe that you can't trust men, that you don't feel safe with men, then you're going to continue to attract opportunities that perpetuate that. And that's what's kind of happening in the work environment. Again, not an excuse. And I'm going to get to the practical part of how to handle that situation in a moment. But I'm I'm also very concerned about you getting the soul lessons in this because for you to go to a boarding school at 12 years old and be on your own and really not have a strong, loving male presence in your life, it's like part of your development never happened, right? You never had a man that you could really trust. Yes, your dad was there and he provided and he did the best he could, but because you missed out on that very developmental association of being able to to trust men and to be able to pick good men as well, it's almost like you were a little stunted in that area of your life. Does that make sense? Yes, I think right. so. Yeah. So do you have any men in your life, be it friends or brother or whoever, that you're close to and that you trust? Right now, I don't. Okay. Have you ever? My dog, I guess. Your dog? (laughs) (laughs) He's a boy. (laughs) If only humans were as easy as dogs, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Have you ever? I mean, when I had relationships with people, I did trust them at that time. Okay. At that time. But how did they turn out? Well, it's, you know, things don't work out, then we, we go separate ways, yes? Right. But uh, I never had any kind of betrayal that was so bad that I really questioned my, my sanity, I guess. Right. Because I thought, yeah, that's, and maybe I'm just not, I'm still recovering from it. Yeah. Well... I think, yes, I think that the breakup is something you're absolutely still recovering from and it it created a belief system in you that um, you can't trust men and that's what's happening. So based on, you know, different people that you've met, different men that you've known, maybe husbands of friends or other people you've worked with or even past relationships Tell me some of the amazing things that you've learned and believe about men. Like what? <laughs> and it's it's funny people. So I actually were on a video Skype and I could actually see Mia's face. <laughs> and your face was like, oh, I don't know. I can't think of anything. Um, but what? Just just go with me for this on with this on a second for a mm-hmm. second. I mean, I have a good grandfather who is very good to my grandmother they've been married for 70 years okay um they're very kind to each other and tell me just about him very very kind very relaxed just appreciate life and very supportive very smart Mm -hmm. and how does he treat your grandmother and you very well very well and he might not be like american extroverted affection you know in your face type of thing but mm-hmm. more quiet but but definitely um very respectful and loving respectful and loving okay so if you believed 100 percent that men are kind relaxed appreciative supportive smart and treat women and just everyone very well and respectful and loving if you really, really believe that, 
How do you think things would change for you? Maybe it make me feel a little bit better about where I am. Maybe it will be easier to confront my boss's behavior, knowing or believing that other people are different. Well, and you stop attracting these situations. I is it is it? I think that maybe I'm worrying about it so much because I'm so cautious and I don't want to attract that energy that I'm watching for red flags everywhere and. and I'm hoping doing by doing that, I don't attract those energy. But well, whatever we whatever we think about, we attract it. So if we're worrying and worrying and worrying about something, we're going to attract it. Cause that's what we're thinking about. That you know, it, it, the more you continue to think about it and worry about it, the more you bring it into your consciousness. So I have two things to say to you, and then we're going to kind of shift gears so I can talk to you about how to handle your boss. So. You've got to update what you believe about men. And because you have two models in your head, your grandfather and the ex-boyfriend, and you're using the ex-boyfriend as the prototype for how men are and continuing to carry around the hurt and everything about that. You know, his disloyalty, his betrayal had nothing to do with you and everything to do with him. His unresolved issues, his fear of intimacies, his walls about love, his past, so on and so forth. Okay. But if you continue to believe that all men are like him, then you're going to continue to attract and interact with men who support that belief system. You know, we collect evidence for whatever story we tell ourselves. Now, if you start to believe that men are like your grandfather, and you start to look for men like that, you start to pray for friendships and men to come into your life that are good and kind and relaxed and treat women well, then you will tend to attract more of those men. And I can speak from personal experience here. I was in the entertainment industry and I had several sexual harassment cases. And I also had boyfriends that weren't healthy and I had a belief system about men and what they're like and what they want. And it was very negative. And I continue to attract those kind of men. When I shifted my belief system and really looked at men like my dad and other people in my life who really showed up for me and my grandfather as well, I started to really look for and expect men to treat me well. And I have to say, I am treated so well by men. I have amazing men in my life and I don't have issues with the sexual harassment or any of those things, but I changed my programming. Now that said, and this brings me to the second part, if a man crosses the line with me, is disrespectful, if I feel unsafe in any way, I stand up for myself, you know, because all of us have masculine and feminine energy inside of us. And so if I feel unsafe or disrespected, I'll bring my masculine energy forward and be like, excuse me, no. I think that's what exactly I was missing. And yes. maybe that's a lesson I haven't learned in the last five years, so it's coming back. Right, right. Yeah. It's to bring that. And it's not about being mean. And it's not about being, you know, shutting down our feminine, but that masculine part of us that all women have is that part that's like, that takes care of us and protects us and is empowered and says no. Because see, the masculine energy, when it's powerful or overpowering, that's the shadow side of the masculine. But the light side of the masculine is being empowered, is really standing in our truth, standing in our self-respect and saying, no, this is not the way that you can treat me. And if you're going to continue to make comments like that, I'm going to leave. 
So even example for the massage comment, you could say, excuse me, but that's really inappropriate to say that to me. So I'd appreciate it if you never, ever, ever asked me that again. So my encouragement to you is to be strong, to be clear, to document these things and to not let him get away with this. And if you lose your job because you're standing in your truth and you're standing up for yourself, then good riddance to this job. And there's something much better coming because I, I am a stand for you standing for yourself and being in an environment where you're seen, where you're encouraged, where you're supported. And the more you change your story about your own self-worth, because I think because of the breakup, your self-worth took a beating, your confidence took a beating. So that's your end of it, right? That's your end of it to really work with that and heal that so that you can come strong. You know, it's it's hard to, to stand for ourselves when we're still feeling weak from previous hurt. Yes. Yeah. But I do understand what you mean. Yeah. And this is helpful because I... I wanted to voice it, but there was part of me that says, well, don't, don't, don't make drama and all those kind of negative voice. But at the same time, I think this is a lesson that I need to learn. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I acknowledge you for seeing that to really stand up for yourself because, you know, especially being from an Asian culture, going, moving to boarding school when you were 12 years old and having to fend for yourself you've you've been through a lot, Mia, and you've had to be on your own a lot. And a lot of it has been just surviving and you've done what you can to fit in, to blend in, to not make waves, all of that. And now you're a grown up, right? You're not 12 anymore. And you're intelligent and you're strong and you're wise. And that 12 year old needs you to stand up for her. Yeah. If, that, if there's one thing, I mean, I know regret is no use, but I didn't stand up for myself when all the things for so long in last relationship I just mm. I wrote it down and I kept writing down pros and cons and everything was all cons but I didn't I didn't get out yeah. well how amazing that you've gotten a do-over yes you've gotten a chance <laughs> now you've gotten yes. a chance so do you feel supported and really feeling like you can stand up for yourself and you can draw some boundaries and maybe there's a supervisor or someone that you can talk to so that you can do your work and not be distracted uh, by this toxic energy that's going back and forth. Absolutely. Okay, Thank beautiful. You. Beautiful. You can do it. I believe in you, Mia. Thank you. It was incredibly brave and a really big step for Mia to call in and discuss this issue especially because it was something she was keeping secret. And secrets like this are just so unhealthy to keep because they perpetuate shame, more internal judgment, and a lot of suppression. So if you are in a situation like Kurtz, if you feel like you're being sexually harassed, if you feel like you're being abused in some way, if you feel like you're just in a toxic situation, please do not keep it a secret. Please tell someone. Please start to get help. Please don't hide in shame and secrecy. The only way to start to get out of an unhealthy situation is to reach out for help. Sometimes situations like this can feel so scary and so intimidating that we get so lost within them. We start to lose ourselves. And I'm so, so, so glad Mia called before that happened. So again, if you relate to anything she shared, reach out for help and support. 
All right. So breaking down this call, I want to dive into why my coaching of Mia was not so much about taking legal action right away. Before I make any kind of choice about the direction to coach someone, I always do a little detective work. Believe me, there was a part of me that was tempted just to dive in and help her go after this guy, especially since literally I just watched the movie confirmation about the Anita Hill, Clarence Thomas case on the plane here. But that route of coaching, just going in and wrong making and blaming and being reactionary would have been judgmental and highly reactionary. So really to serve me in the short time I had with her, it was about investigating if this situation was bringing forward unresolved issues that were coming up to heal. And you know from listening that it was. Now in no way, shape, or form is this situation Mia's fault. She did not create the situation of sexual harassment. However, it's happening. So it's important to look at what parts of her consciousness were in alignment with it. What parts of her life was it bringing up to heal? And you heard in the session, we uncovered a couple things. She had beliefs about men being untrustworthy and only being after one thing. She grew up with a model of women being subservient to men. And then there was also her not valuing herself. You know, she said, I don't want to make waves. She was scared to stand up for herself. So it was also the realization that it was time, high time. She started respecting herself and taking a stand for herself. Our relationship with ourselves, everything from our self-talk to our self-perception to our daily habits directly impacts the people we attract and how the people in our life treat us. So if we want to change the way people treat us, we've got to change the way we treat ourselves. So the situation was truly calling Mia forward to take a stand for herself and her life, to literally stand up to someone and in essence, stand up for herself, to have a voice and to no longer tolerate being subservient or plain small. And I'm just so excited to share with you the update that I got from her because wow, wow, did she take a stand. So this is what she wrote me. Dear Christine, after our coaching session, I looked at what's been happening at work as an opportunity to figure out and invite in what I really wanted in my life. I've always been entrepreneurial. I actually invented a product about 10 months ago, but I've never pursued it seriously in the past. I reported what was happening to the head of my department and HR. After reporting, I knew I would have to change my job. I resigned from my position in late May and I moved to Denver. I obtained a provisional patent for my product and launched my site, updocure.com. And I'll put that in the show notes. I no longer have the big salary I had, but I'm so much happier. I'm proud that I stood up for what was wrong. I'm thankful for our coaching session because it made me realize I deserve a good working environment. And the only thing I needed to do was take steps in the right direction. Wow. I'm so proud of Mia and let her be an inspiration to you. Let her be an inspiration of how we don't have to be a victim, that we always have choices and that we can take a stand for ourselves and our dreams and move forward. I love it. I bought her up to cure. I'm excited for it to come in the mail and support her. All right. So let's move on to some takeaways. First of all, like I emphasized earlier, if you're in a situation where you feel like you're being harassed in any way, do not be silent. Seek out some kind of professional support and document what's happening. Next, if feeling disrespected is something that's a theme in your life, look at your relationship with yourself. How can you shift how you treat yourself 
so that consequently other people start treating you differently. Look at your life and if there are any people in your life that you need to set boundaries with so you feel more respected, start doing that. And finally, if you're inspired by Mia to go after your dreams, I hope you start to take some steps toward that. And I really want to support you in that. So if you go to christinehassler.com slash SS, you'll find the training series for my secret sauce program where you can start to uncover what your passion is, what your vision is, and get some guidance on how you can start to make those dreams a reality. So again, christinehassler.com slash SS. Thank you again for listening. I'm sending you much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. Blessings.